have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God did not count equality with God a thing to be held on to for his own advantage but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. At the name of Jesus in heaven and on earth and under the earth, every knee shall bow. At the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Lord, we say there is no one higher. There is no name greater. There is no one like you took the lowest place who did not use his equality with the Father something to his own advantage but he used it to go to the lowest place to lift up the humble you used it for our advantage Lord you gave your life as a ransom for many you lived among us as a servant servants the king of kings became the servant of all servants the name above every name became despised and rejected oh we glory in your leadership tonight Jesus we glory in your humility we glory And as you embraced brokenness, your Father lifted you up. Lord, we say, your name is above all names. Your Father has exalted you and set you at the right hand of majesty on high. Put every enemy under your feet. Lord, give us revelation. Give us living understanding of this. Take us deeper. Reveal more to us. Let us walk in the authority and the power and the greatness of the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I just think, Luna and Alex, would you guys just keep ministering to the Lord like this, just with this atmosphere? This is This is beautiful. I think we just want to stay right here. We want to share briefly and we want to go right into prayer. Roger, why don't you turn, if you don't mind, the house lights up. 
We're just going to stay in this posture of worship. Yeah. And just turn the music down. Roger, just turn the music down just a bit under my voice. Or turn my voice up. However you want to do that. So I don't even... um, in front of me, which is fine. We're just going to flow with this. Um, second, First Timothy chapter 2. Let's go there. just close your eyes we had a time of just prayer and worship yesterday with the multi-ethnic coalition with a number of uh, just church leaders from around the state and uh, I think there were how many nations there represented I don't know there were I think there were like 25 20 to 25 nations represented um but uh, anyway, it was a beautiful time. And just during worship, uh, I haven't actually had a kind of something like this in a while. Um, I, sometimes the Lord just gives me these things and just says, write it down. And so just during worship, I just <laughs> grabbed my computer, closed my eyes, and just typed. And, uh, and then I had to go back and do a few spell checks. But uh, other than that, I got it. But I just want you to hear that. I just, as we were worshiping, I just, the Lord just reminded me of this word. So I just want you to close your eyes and just, just listen to this. I believe this is the Lord speaking over us. And I don't have full clarity on some of it. Uh, I believe it'll come with time here. But, but there's some things I feel the Lord will speak to each one of us in this. He just said this. He says, now is the end of a reign and the beginning of a new reign. The Lord, the King, is requiring a new alignment with Him, with the Spirit. It's not about our wisdom. It's not about our strength. It's not about our buildings or our successes or our abilities or our ways or our man-made idols that we have set before the Lord and said we are worshiping the Lord when we are actually worshiping the things that we have built in front of the Lord. The church has not been looking at me, but has been looking at what they built. And I am bringing this to an end. I am opening eyes and I am awakening hearts. I'm setting captives free from the darkness and revealing my light. Will you align with me, with my spirit, with my son? And I heard this clearly. Get in line. Now. 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 Do not delay. Do not hold back and do not fear man. Fear me with all your heart. Love me with all your strength. Obey me. And I will pour out my spirit in this place. I will show you my glory. I will show you my goodness. And it will overwhelm you. But align with me. Do not delay. 
I am entering in a new way. This is a new day, and I will not delay. So you must not delay. Now is the time to align. So get in line. (laughs) And he said this, make no mistake. I am shaking the ground that you are standing on. It is for my renown. It is for my glory. The church is now to be ready for war. Who are my soldiers who will release my love? I will empower you, and I will strengthen you, but do my work align with me. It is time to arise. I will place my spirit upon you, and you will be my glory bearers. Together, you will carry my glory, and you will see my fire fall. Are you ready? The day now dawns. Prepare and go forth. So, Lord, I just pray right now that we would align with you, with your spirit. I just, as I heard this and wrote this, I just felt the urgency, not in a condemning way, not even in a convicting way. It was more in a kind of like, come on way. Like, this is it. This is the time. We were born for this. We're ready. But will we align? We have everything we need. But will we align? And there was something even just about in that military where it's like, where they're all in alignment and they're listening to the leader and they're moving in that motion of of togetherness. They're going forward. Lord, I thank you that you're calling us to be your army. You're calling us to be your warriors to rise up in this very time, right now. Lord, that we would carry your love, that we would be your glory bearers that we would release your love to those around us. Your army is different than the world's army. The world's army comes in a foundation of fear, but your army comes in a foundation of love. Led by your spirit, which is on the inside of us, strengthened by your spirit, not in our own ability. We don't fight the battle. We align and position ourselves and stand firm. And you fight the battle. We do our small part. You do your big part. But it requires alignment. It requires faith. It requires stepping out. And it requires radical obedience. So, Lord, I just thank you. Thank you that tonight, Lord, that you would awaken our hearts that you would align us together as one, as the body of Christ. Eyes on you. Eyes on the King. In Jesus' name. I love that picture of an army because at the end of Ephesians chapter 6, When Paul describes us putting on the full armor of God, 
It's interesting that it says two times in Ephesians, put on. One's put on the new man made in the image and likeness of our creator. And the other is put on the armor of God. And the idea here is when we step in to our identity in Jesus, we actually step in to his armor. We step into his shield of faith. We step into his sword of the spirit. We step into his belt of truth. It's interesting that you can find every one of these attributes of the armor of God in Isaiah describing Jesus. But in ending and in, 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 in conclusion, Paul says this. He says, pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and all supplication. It's, it's that supplication, that intercession. We cry out for the things on God's heart. I'm going to tie that into 1 Timothy chapter 2. This is Paul's encouragement as soldiers in the kingdom of God. Having put on that armor that is Jesus as we step into his identity and we, we take his armor. Paul talks about this prayer in verse 1 of 1 Timothy 2. He says, first of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. For all people. So Paul says, I want you praying for everyone you come in contact with, in your nation, in your city. But then he goes on. He says this, for kings and all who are in high positions. So we pray for everyone. But then we have focused prayer for kings and those who are in high positions. Now the purpose is that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. Now a lot of the time, people stop there. And even in your thinking, you could stop there. Okay, good. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. We need prayer for all peoples and for kings and those who are in high positions so we can lead peaceful, quiet, godly, dignified lives. And that's good. I think that's good. We want to pray for, for seasons of peace. But the reason we pray for a season of peace so that we can live godly lives, the idea continues. For it's good and pleasing to God our Savior, but this is what He desires. Verse 4. He desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. The purpose for him giving a nation peace, a nation, a season without war, without famine, without it's so his people can have opportunity to make him known. So his people won't be distracted so that they can preach the gospel and all men can come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man. This is verse 5. This is the truth that needs to be made known. This is the truth that is at, at war. There's, there's darkness opposing this truth in our nation. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man. The man Jesus Christ who gave himself as a ransom for all. There's that word all again. We pray for all people. God desires all people to get, 
be saved. And then verse 6, and Jesus gave himself as a ransom for all. This is the testimony given at the proper time. And then Paul says, and for this reason, I was appointed a preacher and an apostle, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. So we were praying for our nation this morning as a, as, a, as a leadership team. And it was a little bit impromptu. It was a little bit like we felt the tension. We felt the, the restlessness. We, we feel the war of what God wants to do in our nation, but what the enemy wants to oppose. And, and we just stopped and we, we just began to pray. And Mike began to pray. And, and just a spirit of intercession what Paul talks about. First of all, I urge that supplications, prayers, and intercession, a spirit of intercession for our country and for our leaders came upon our leadership team. And we begin to pray for this. Lord, bless our officials. Lord, set right kings in place. Lord, that you would give us a season of peace and a season of amnesty so that we could make your gospel known. And I'm just going to invite Mike back up. So as we were praying that, 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting, I think he's going to start somewhere around verse 14, was highlighted. And, and we, we were convicted about something. <laughs> and so we're going to bring you in to our conviction. Get ready. Ready for a good, this is a good punch in the gut. But I actually, I want to, I want to encourage you, soften your hearts to the words you're about to hear. Okay? Yeah, we just kind of came into a spirit of repentance, every one of us in the room. And uh, we all, I think the Lord, it's a beautiful thing. Repentance is a beautiful thing. And uh, there's always things that we're just not in alignment with. That the Lord, as we allow him, as we humble ourselves, he actually aligns our hearts with him. And it was just, it was interesting. (laughs) I'll just read the scripture here, and then we'll kind of talk through it a little bit. And uh, we want to make sure we leave time here for you guys to, I feel like, to gauge your hearts in this, because it's one thing to just share it. But when you begin to pray it, I feel like the Holy Spirit's going to just move on hearts, and that's where the shifting's going to take place. But uh, So in 2 Timothy, I'll just start in 14, and it just says, keep reminding them of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling, about words, and, and the key I want you to hear is just with our, our words, and you know how we, we say life and death is in the power of the tongue. Our words are so powerful, the words that we speak, and we have to be so careful of how we use our words. It goes on to say, um, so it says, warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman. Who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. So we are workmen. We're approved by God to, as, to handle the word of truth. And then these next words, this, this is what just kind of hit me in the gut. And I think kind of went around the room and we just <laughs> started to pray and repent. It says, avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly the other word for that ungodly is 
It says, avoid godless chatter because those who, in, who go into it, who do it, will become more and more worldly, is the other translation. And, and I felt like the Lord was just sh- showing us or revealing, we have to be so careful about the things that we say, even about our leaders or about our potential leaders and how we actually speak of them. We have to have the same mindset as the Father has about them, who created each one of them. And so as we were praying, there were three people that that came to mind for me. Um, The the first one was was Hillary Clinton. And uh, (laughs) even now, like, there's something in me that goes... Uh, because I know some things about her. I don't, that probably, maybe many of you don't even know. But, but here's the thing. I, I <laughs> she was created in the image of God, by God. And, and God has a plan for her life. And for me to come in and begin to speak words against her, and this is that godless chatter, when we begin to speak these things, this is not in alignment with the Father's heart. And, and so, in like what we started to do, and I realized I've never prayed for Hillary Clinton. I've never prayed for Pelosi. I don't particularly like her, but I do need to love her. <laughs> uh, I, I, even like Governor Polis, I've actually prayed a lot for Polis. <laughs> uh, but, but I have not prayed for, for Hillary or Pelosi. And I, and I just realized, like, the Lord just was, like, just kind of convicted me. And I just had to repent that he actually calls for us to pray for these leaders. And, and I feel like, like we're good at praying for those that we agree with. God, give them wisdom. Thank you that you've put them in place. Thank you that they're doing great things. You know, all that. And then we go, oh, those other ones, I hate those. And they're evil and they're like, let's destroy them. Let's get them out. <laughs> and and <laughs> I'm not the only one. Trust me, this is, my, this is what I feel. This is my natural instinct. I'm like, and, and, and in this, <laughs> Adam's back there. Woo, woo. <laughs> you guys feel the same thing. I, here's the thing. We... All we do, we vote, we do our voting, but, but our heart has to be that we would see people the way God sees them and that we would pray for our leaders. I want to pray that, that Trump encounters God at a greater level and humbles himself at a greater level and, and comes into a place of being more godly in this country. But, but I want to pray if, I was talking to Adam a little bit and we were talking about this, like, we don't know who's going to be the president. But let's say that, that Biden gets elected as president. And, and uh, um, Kamala comes in as the vice president. And something happens to Biden and, and he passes away. And we've got Kamala as our president of the United States. She's, a, she's very radical in some things. And really doesn't like Christians at all. <laughs> and we would go... Oh, no, what happened? God, what have you done? But what if, this is where we were just, what if 
Kamala had an encounter with the Lord like Saul did. Where, where the Lord stood in front of Saul and Saul was going to kill more Christians. Saul did not like Christians. He was killing them. He was doing worse things than Kamala. <laughs> uh, Kamala might not like Christians. He was killing them. After the conversion, he's the very one, he has the greatest impact in the world. Of all the disciples, of all the people, he has the greatest impact, and he's the one that's killing. And, and I, just, I just go, we don't know what God is up to, and we don't know how he's going to move or what he's going to do. All we do is we pray for our leaders, not just the ones we like. We ask God to encounter those that may be completely against us. Or, and, and I say against us. I say against the will and purposes of God right now. Paul was, Paul was against, or Saul, before Paul, was against the very plans and purposes of God. He was thwarting the ways of God and the things that God wanted to do. And Jesus stepped in. What if, and here's the thing, if Kamala were to come in, I'm just kind of, in a sense, for us, worst-case scenario, maybe. Maybe not for all of us. I don't know. But for, for me, personally, worst-case scenario, be like, oh, Lord, I got to leave this country. No, I need to pray for her that she would encounter the Lord as Saul, as Saul became Paul. And wow, imagine now if versus if Trump's in office and he stays in office and he encounters the Lord, it's great. But if she were to encounter the Lord, and she were to begin to speak and prophesy and proclaim God's goodness, what would that do to a nation? So I don't know what the Lord is up to. None of us do. But our job is to love. Our job is to pray and call. <laughs> I just believe call for God encounters for our leaders, whether we like them or not. Just stay up your mic. Matthew 5. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, you shall love your enemies and you will pray for those who persecute you. Now the idea here is that they're persecuting the church. They're standing opposed to the gospel, opposed to the Lord. I really believe this is what the church was doing while Paul was breathing murderous threats. I really believe they were taking up Sermon on the Mount Christianity. They were sitting in prison because he put him in prison and they were praying for him. What did God do? It's exactly what Mike said. He encountered the one that were opposing him. What if God has certain people to set in office so that the church will point their prayer cannons toward them and start crying out for them? What if the church actually did this? What if God had ordained? I mean, Romans 13, it's hard to get around. He says, he appoints the leaders of nations. Daniel says it too. He says, he raises up kings. He tears them down. God actually raised up King Nebuchadnezzar to judge his people because his people were sinning. His people were far from him. He said, okay, I'm going to raise up this wicked king. But guess what's going to happen? You're going to go into his nation? Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, you guys are going to get around this guy. You're going to tell him what I'm prophesying. You're going to tell him what I'm saying. 
And in chapter 4 of Daniel, we have a letter from Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar wrote part of your Bible. Did you know that? Daniel chapter 4 is from him as a proclamation to all Babylon. And he gives his life to God Almighty because God humbles him. And Daniel's right beside him, probably helping him to respond when he comes out of it. God. So anyway, I just, I felt that in my heart that guys, we need to pray for all of our leaders. We need to pray for the ones that we want in office. We need to pray for those that are in office that we don't want. Now we can oppose unrighteous legislation. We can say, no, that's not right. We really can't do that. But as we say that, we need to be praying that God would pour out his spirit in their homes, in their families, in their lives. I was, did you want me to share about how I was raised? I was raised in a very conservative part of Texas. I was raised in talk radio culture center Texas, okay? I was raised listening to, I'm not going to name the name. So I was raised listening, literally. I can remember being fascinated by it at like 9, 10 years old, listening on long car rides to conservative talk radio. And, and I agreed with it, and I fed off of it. I got out of that culture. The Lord, the Lord encountered my heart, and I realized that though these men were opposed to, to, to the liberal ideal, they were slandering and, and name-calling and just driving these people into the ground and taking that, that place of judge that they should not take. That's only for the Lord. What if, instead of talking irreverent babble, godless chowder, chatter, chowder, chatter, clam, clam chowder, godless chowder, no, just like, what if we, what if we watched our tongue to each other, what we put on the internet, social media, and what if we lift lifted up prayers. I'm praying that this senator, I'm praying that our governor, guys, what if we lifted up Governor Polis, his partner, and his children? What if we lifted them up in prayer? What if God set Polis in place to have the prayer cannon pointed at him from the Church of Colorado, and we cry out for God to encounter him like crazy? There's no way he's not getting encountered. And if God, if he hardens his heart, It's very biblical what God does to leaders who harden their hearts toward him. He removes them. But it's up to us to pray. It's up to God to do all that. Yeah. Yeah, we need to, we need to, we do need to pray. I just want this thing on Nebuchadnezzar, I want you to hear these first and last words of it's. So Nebuchadnezzar wrote Daniel 4. (laughs) He wrote the, wrote the chapter. And, uh, and it's really, it's a testimony. The, the chapter 4 is a testimony of God's goodness. And you, you guys know the story of Nebuchadnezzar, how he was king, and, he, and he's like, uh, he raised his eyes towards heaven. Well, actually, that's when his sanity was restored. Uh, he, he basically came into a place of pride and looked out and said, look at this. This, this place is mine. It's for my glory. And... Uh, and then he spent the next seven years in the fields on his, on his <laughs> hands and knees eating grass. And 
uh, he was humbled. But at the end of those seven years, this is where he says he raised his eyes toward heaven and his sanity was restored. So he looked up to heaven. Seven years later, his sanity is restored. And it says, and then, and he's writing this at Nebuchadnezzar. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and I glorified him who lives forever. His kingdom is an eternal dominion. And his, or his, I'm sorry, his dominion is an eternal dominion. And his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the people of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does what he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? He goes on at the end. He says this, these words. He says, uh, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, and he's, this is a proclamation to the world, <laughs> to the nations. Actually, it starts, here's how it starts. In the first chapter, in, in four, it says, it's to the peoples, to the nations, and to the men of every language who live in all the world. <laughs> and he says these final words, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, I praise and I exalt and I glorify the King of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. This is Nebuchadnezzar, one of the most evil kings, and he turns from his evil ways. The Lord humbles him and he looks to heaven. Now, the king right after him, Belshazzar, he has an opportunity to humble himself and he doesn't. And just as Marcus said, immediately after that, it says he was slain. He was killed. And the Lord basically took him out. So the Lord will do the things that he needs to do. Our job is to pray. And we ask that these leaders would humble themselves before the Lord. And when they do, it says Nebuchadnezzar, it says that he, when he was restored... It says, my honor and my splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. He had, and it says it was actually greater, right after that it says, he became even greater than before, Nebuchadnezzar did. But he honored the Lord and he humbled himself and the Lord lifted him up. So I, I just, you know, we were talking about it in the back room. And one of the things, you know, we've got, we're, we've got a recall polis thing going on out here. And, uh, and, and one, one, of our, one, of our, one of the people, one of our pastors was like, so wait a minute, we're, lo- we're supposed to love and yet you're doing this. And, and I, I just want to clarify I, where things are with Polis right now and the things that he's actually establishing for our children, uh, where he's, he's not only allowing, but he's requiring things to happen um, that are not okay for our kindergartners, our first graders, our second graders. It's not okay. Um, and so there is a position of, yeah, we, we don't want him in office. We don't want him leading our children. But we, so the, the recall is to say, yeah, we're, we want to have him removed. But our position, more so than a recall, is that we would pray that God would encounter him that he would reveal his love to him and that he would turn and humble himself. That's the key in all of this. Greater than everything that we do in the natural, it's what we can do in the supernatural and then what God does, allowing him to do that. And, and he actually requires, it is, our, it is our mandate to pray. 
we are to pray. And there is something that happens when we release what's in heaven down to earth. That's our job. And so if we just do a recall, we go, let's get them out of there. That's the wrong position. That's the wrong heart motive. We have to love him first. We have to pray for him. We have to ask that God would encounter him. Does that make sense? So I, we can, I feel like we can talk about this. I just, we're going to just pray. We're going to just, um, and I feel like Tracy's going to pray. We're going to just pray up here. But then I want us, like, let's get into groups. And, and let's actually pray for these people. Pray for the ones that you dislike the most. And ask the Lord to change your heart. So whoever you really don't like, the worst ones, the ones you're like, oh, if they go in the office, like, I'm, I'm going to Canada. <laughs> you hear it all the time, right? I'm leaving the country. No, no, we're going to pray that God encounters them. But let's pray even now that God encounters them. We can pray for those that we like as well. But I think if whatever time you're spending praying for those that you love or like in office, pray twice as much for the ones that you don't like. You guys are squirming in your seats. Um, let me just, do you have that, did you get that picture? <laughs> this was sent to me today. Joe sent this over to me. <laughs> and it's pretty cool. Wow. 85 miles worth. Both directions, Seaford to, I don't know, Mont Montauk, New York. There were 9,604 cars plus many supporters on the side roads and every overpass all the way out. Pretty cool, right? If you're a Trump supporter. Um, what I'm wondering is why have we never seen anything like this for Jesus? What? Why have we never had like this much support for the kingdom of God? Why don't we have cars lined up preaching the gospel, sharing the love of Jesus with, with others and praying and then praying for our leaders? I, I just, like, this is a little effective. It's cool. If, like, I, I, I don't think any person who's going to vote for Biden looks at that and goes, wow, I'm going to change my vote. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. It shows a support for a candidate, but I just think, and, and I'm not against it. I, I, I mean, personally, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. But why aren't we doing this for Jesus? Why are we doing this for the kingdom? And why are we proclaiming him like in this way? So I just feel like there's, there's so much we need to do as the church in rising up, in aligning with him and, and, going after the kingdom much more than, than the other stuff. And, and I think we can, we can pray for our leaders. And we, I mean, I want Trump to be in office personally. That's just my take. I would like, I want him to be back in office. I think he's going to do a lot in the next four years if he can get into office. Um, but that's just, that's my personal preference. And it's a strong one for me because of some things, especially on the abortion issue that, that I'm like, yeah, how could you, like, I don't care how much you like him or don't like him. It, it's not about his personality. It's not about anybody's personality. I actually like Biden probably more as a person. Just he's kind of like the nice guy, kind of a little out of it. But, <laughs> but, um, but, but there are things, it's not about personalities. It's really not. 
It, it's about a kingdom. It's about the kingdom. And, and, and so we need to, first of all, we need to rise up. We need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for our leaders. And, uh, and we need to glorify God more than anything else. So, So we're going to turn this to prayer. Tracy, I'll pray, and then I want you to come up and pray after me. And then uh, we're just going to model this in prayer. So, Lord, we come before you. First of all, we just say, have mercy on our nation. We need undeserved mercy. We are a nation that has rebelled against you. We are a nation that has looked to you and say, let us cast off the Lord and his Christ's bonds. Let us burst their bonds. Let us break their shackles. We've tried to break the shackles of your word, the good and pleasing boundaries that it gives us, God. We've tried to run outside of them. Lord, we repent in the name of Jesus. We ask you for mercy for America. We ask you pour out your Holy Spirit and bring many to repentance. You desire for all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. We say this is your heart over our nation. Now pour it out. Pour it out over Republicans. Pour it out over Democrats. Pour it out, Lord, over Libertarians. Pour it out over every political party in this nation. God, we need you. We need you. Where there is unrepentant sin in Republican and in Democrat, Lord, would you bring repentance? Would you bring a spirit of repentance, a spirit of turning away from themselves and toward the living God, face-to-face encounters with Jesus right now in every campaign, God? We just ask that you would encounter encounter, encounter. And God, I ask that you would encounter former Vice President Biden, that you would encounter him, that you would draw near to him. Lord, and you would forgive us for any unkind word that we have spoken outside of your will about him, God, and the Vice President he wants to set in place. Lord, forgive us for our loose lips and not turning our our burden into prayer, God. Lord, I pray that you would put a guard on our lips. Lord, over social media, God, with our friends, God, with our neighbors, I pray that you would lead us to, to confess our sin and say, would you forgive me for slander? Would you forgive me for having loose lips? I want to be one who upholds the leaders God has placed in my life. Lord, we know you are powerful. We know you are, that you can take the heart of a king and you can mold it and you can shape it. So we ask you to do it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I just love how God works. This started Monday night for me. As Omi, uh, Amy Coney Barrett was being sworn in, the Lord started speaking to me. And I started to actually text Mike, and I 
text and word. I'm not going to go into it, but man, he just started pouring out like, like very specific words. And then he convicted my heart. And I ended up in this place where I was praying <laughs> for, for political uh, candidates and leaders that I don't necessarily agree with. So it's no coincidence that I think we were going to go in a different direction tonight. <laughs> but that the Lord interrupted that and said, no, this is where I want you to go. And I just love that Marcus and Mike and came together and the Lord just said, no, we're going to take a right-hand turn, not a left-hand turn. So Lord, we do, we thank you. God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. God, I thank you that, that the leaders throughout this country and throughout the world, Lord, I thank you that we could see them in a different way tonight and every day hereafter. That, God, they are your sons and they are your daughters first. And they are our political leaders and people of, of kingsmanship, if you will, second. Lord, I thank you that your word says that we are priests. In 1 Peter 2, 9, God, you said that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into this wonderful light. Because, Christ, if we are in you, we are king priests, a royal priesthood. This means that we have a double portion of speaking power because as kings, where the word of the king is, there is power. And as priests, by their word, every controversy and every assault shall be settled. So, Lord, I thank you right now. Oh, wow. Oh, whoa. I am so sorry, Lord. for labeling and naming your sons and your daughters. For labeling them and putting them into a category or a people race or a people mindset or a Democrat versus Republican. God, I just repent right now of speaking that over your sons and over your daughters. Because whereas I see or saw a political leader, you saw your son or saw your daughter. Where I may have seen someone in a political leadership role putting forth laws that I don't necessarily agree with, Lord, and spoke against, you actually saw a priest calling into existence the things that are not as if they were. Our leaders may not be believers. They may not be like we are, but Lord, let it be said that I can disagree with a, a, a kingly position on certain issues, but I can still love and honor that person because you created them and they're your son and your daughter. Let us avoid the godless chatter, Lord. 
let us just rebuke that spirit of, uh, of getting caught up in, in the world, the, the swirl, if you will, of social media and dogma and, and news, Lord. That take us down this place. The places we, we dwell in are the very people that we actually become. So God, I repent of getting caught up in the swirl. In the swirl of social media and the swirl of rhetoric in the, in the swirl of slander in the swirl, Lord, that the world knows. And God, I just speak life. I speak life. I speak life over every single leader, whether they're Democrat or Republican, whether they are son or daughter, whether they uh, sit on the left-hand side of the aisle or the right hand side of the aisle. God, I speak life over your sons and over your daughters right now in the name of Jesus. God, I stand firm on that. That is a kingdom mindset. That is a kingdom stance, Lord. That is a kingdom. God, that, that is just putting on the ways of royalty. Speaking of priesthood, God, that is dressing the way of royalty. That is speaking the ways of royalty. That is living the ways of royalty when I can speak in love and honor those, just be, even those that I don't agree with. And those are the toughest to love. And your word says, don't just pray, but love your enemy. Not just pray for your enemy, but love them. Not just to love your enemy, but pray for them. So, Lord, I thank you, God, and we do. We pray. And I don't even call them my enemy, Lord. I know that there's got to be a different word there. But, Lord, I just, right now, I pray life over them, God. I thank you that your blessing, God, would be upon them, Lord. That you would raise them up, God, and they would encounter a living God. Everyone throughout the earth is searching for something, God. They're searching for the real, authentic thing. Lord, it's our job here as Christians to shine your light and allow them to see the authentic, real God that exists, the one that created them, fashioned, and designed them. The one God, the ones that you see without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, Lord, let us see them the same way. They're your sons, and they are your daughters first. And they are our political leaders and our president and our governors and our mayors second. So, Lord, we do. We pray blessing for those that are kings and have not yet found their priestly place. I thank you for a radical encounter of Holy Spirit right now. I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd come in such power. And we'd see it on the morning news, in the nightly news. And that the, where the swirl was, where that swirl of, of gossip was, God, that we'd actually hear governor, president, senators, congressmen are being led to the Lord. God, I pay you your sovereign spirit. What you'll do for one, you'll do for another, Lord. I thank you that you'd encounter them right where they're at. God, your word says that you'll meet us where we're at. Lord, I thank you right now that you would encounter where they are at right now in the mighty name of Jesus. 
I thank you for Deutimus, God, coming right now and invading every government building and every home of every government leader, Lord. Leaders throughout the earth, wherever they may reside in this very place. I pray protection over their homes, Lord. I pray peace over their homes. Your word says in Philippians 4, 7, God, that where the peace resides, there's a protection of the heart and of the mind, Lord. God, I thank you, God, that you're invading these homes and these government buildings, Lord. Holy Spirit, empower, dutimous power, invading those places, convicting the hearts of your children, Lord. I thank you that the church, God, would rise up and be the light and be the light and shine it, God. Shine it into the darkest places throughout the earth. And I pray these things in the mighty loving name of Jesus. So let's stand up. Lord, as we just gather into groups, that I pray that there would be First of all, just that spirit of repentance in our hearts. Lord, for the things that we have spoken, for the ungodly chatter, Lord, that would actually lead us into worldliness, godlessness. Lord, I pray that you would convict our hearts this evening. As Marcus said, that you'd put that bridle Lord, over our our mouths, and Lord, that you would guard our heart, that we would guard our heart. It's the wellspring of life. Guard our heart in this time from the things of this world, from those around us. And Lord, I pray that we would not only be those that, that begin to change our ways, but that in truth and in love, Lord, we would speak to others, and we would say, look, don't, don't speak those words but bless them, pray for them. Do the very thing that that God would desire for us to do. Lord, I pray that we would know your will in this time and in this season and that we would see people the way you see them. Lord, help us to have your wisdom and lead us and guide us by your spirit. Lord, we need your Holy Spirit. We cannot do this alone. We need to have a mind that is controlled by the Spirit, that lives by the Spirit, by the Spirit of God and not by the Spirit of this world, not by the Spirit of the Antichrist, not by the Spirit of our pride, but by the Spirit of love. So, Father, I pray for a conviction of our hearts tonight. Lord, that by your mercy and your grace, Lord, that we would turn towards you and begin to walk even in a greater way, in your ways. Lord, I thank you that there is life and there is peace when we walk in your ways. So, Father, just stir our hearts tonight. Reveal your love to us in a greater way that we would release that love to others in Jesus' name. So we just really were feeling it's so important. Like, if you can just pray with some others, what it's going to do, I feel, is it's as you allow the Holy Spirit. When you pray, 
Holy Spirit begins to move in your own heart. And I feel like there's going to be things you might not be thinking of. Don't worry about what you're thinking of in your mind. As you begin to pray, the Holy Spirit's going to just, to reveal, he's going to reveal things. And just speak those things out and declare those things. And if you need to repent, just call out, just be in that, come in that place of repentance and just say, God, I repent. I turn from those ways and I want to walk in your way. There's something powerful about the repentance. So why don't you just, if you can, if you see somebody around you, just, even if it's for a few minutes, we've got about 25 or 20 minutes here before we need to pick up kids, uh, quarter till. Uh, let me just say also, we've got Robbie Dawkins is going to be here this Sunday. Uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to have an awesome day with Robbie on, on Sunday. We've got prayer and fasting we're moving into Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. So... Uh, and these times are going to be critical. I feel like they're more critical for even for us than for the nation, but they're, they're critical for the nation as well. So love you guys. Uh, just engage in prayer. Let's seek the Lord.